Hi folks, Lynn and I are out adventuring around our fair city of Houston today, so we thought we'd replay an episode about exploring. Like, what makes a good explorer? What exactly is an explorer in co-housing development? All of this and more. Enjoy, and see you next week. Hi there, Kelly. Hi, Lynn. Welcome to Tell Me More About Co-Housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Co-Housing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We are developing the first co-housing project in Texas, in Houston, even ahead of Austin. So what's going on today? Well, Lynn, I was looking over our roster and uh -huh. I noticed something interesting, some interesting math. That we have hit a milestone, you are aware of this, that we are halfway full our community is of more, uh, more than halfway. Yeah, more right? than halfway. We've, we've passed the halfway point. And with the number of explorers we currently have looking at membership, if they all joined, we would be completely sold out. And oh so it got me, I know, isn't that great? It got, <laughs> yeah. it got me thinking, like, as I look through those names, you know, what have we learned about what makes yeah. it explore? And can we tell, like, who we think is going to go from explorer to member or not? Um, so I was wondering, who do you think is going to Ooh. move forward? Do you usually know or not? Well, I've, I've been doing my own math, uh, on, you know, I have a little secret sheet that I do like my kind of, it's like doing the, um, in England, we used to talk about doing the pools. It's where you bet yeah. on the soccer games on Saturday, you know, so I have my own little pool going, but before we do that, we probably ought to tell any new listeners, what is an explorer? Some people think it's like some sort of brownie group or scout group or something are we taking people out camping and giving them compasses but you know it's not it's not probably a bad analogy so what an explorer is just real quickly is because we do emphasize community more than the actual building or the physical architecture of our project more we really want to make sure that people feel like they fit into the community and that they really understand what they are engaging in and um, so we're really a soft sell kind of a group. So we want you to come in, be an explorer for at least a month. If after one month you feel like, yes, I've checked this thing out, kicked the tires, I really wanna move forward, then you get to apply for membership. And then the current development LLC members then have to approve that membership application. And you have up to three months to do that. We don't want people dragging on much longer because what we have found is that within three months, you can usually get a feel for whether this might work for you or not. And if for some reason it's not good timing, you can exit and you can return at some other time, but we can't afford to have all these extra people kind of draining a lot of the activities. We're making a lot of decisions these days. So anyway, that's kind of in a nutshell, what is an explorer? So. And I think in that the interesting thing about that one to three months is that we've noticed this phenomenon of, of people having these clarifying moments yes. in their lives, you know, even, even people who aren't going to come along with us in co-housing, yeah. they have these uh, clarifying moments because being an explorer forces you or you are choosing to really look at what the next step is for you in life. Yeah. And, you know, we really emphasize that. So Kelly, you and I do the Explorer Orientation. At the end of it, we tell them to treat this as a serious due diligence of the next step of their life. And we give them checklists to do that. 
We make suggestions of who they might meet with, what kinds of topics they might want to dig deeper into and really treat it seriously so that you're making a decision by the end of three months. And what we find, just like you said, is they're making a decision about their life. So a lot of people come to co-housing because they recognize that there is some sort of juncture. Either they're becoming an empty nester or somebody's retiring or they're thinking about moving, a job change. Or having so kids. Those, yeah, those people, or they're about to have kids. They're thinking about how they're gonna manage this, dual career. So wherever they are in their life, they're kind of in a decision mode. They're at this junction. And because we invite them to take this very seriously, they end up making a lot of decisions. So it's really- Yeah, we've helped people find their way to the Carolinas or uh, one couple decided, oh, no, wait, we are going to move to Galveston Beach or- Yeah. Um, it's been funny. So like, even if they don't move with us, they've figured out what their next move is. I know. And we had one doctor who had this- aspiration for being a part of a community was really tired of you know just coming home and not really knowing anybody and working all the time and after a couple of weeks she realized oh my god I don't have time for this like I really wished I had time for community but the reality is my life just doesn't have have space for it at all right now so who knows <laughs> maybe she'll come back at some point when things yeah. down a bit. Exactly. And then some of the people we've seen at um, Spark for them, you know, this this can happen. This is something that is here. Yeah. You know, they've kind of felt a vague longing for something and not really understood what that is. And then spend the time as an explorer and then realize, oh, this is the affinity that I was looking for. Yeah. Or maybe they've had an experience as a younger adult or maybe even in some of more cooperative or collaborative kind of a living environment during college or early professional but never could have visualized that they'd be able to move that good feel that they had back then into kind of a real grown-up situation. Yeah. This is kind of like the graduate program for some of the <laughs> early college living, you know, roommate situations that we had. Yeah. There you go. So what do we think, you know, when we see those people who do move forward for real, you know, what are the characteristics of how they've engaged in as explorer? Like if, what would we say to people in other projects or new explorers coming in? Like, how would I get from A to Z? Yeah, what I would think Lynn, that, you know, we have this, um, the orientation offers them a lot of opportunities to mm -hmm. figure out how you get to know people and things in co-housing Houston. So from the co-housing side, I would say that you need to have a lot of opportunities for explorers to plug in. Mm -hmm. And then from the explorer side, you need to take those opportunities and start to plug in. So one example is we open up all of our team meetings and our all member and explorer meeting um, to everyone, to members and explorers. And the more that people actively participate in those meetings, I find that the people who are really offering, tracking, offering information, um, really being a part of the discussion, those people are really great explorers because they're testing out whether or not they want to be a part of the group and whether or not they have something to offer. And then the group is seeing in that person, wow, this person has a lot to offer. This person's really you know, changing the way our discussion is going for the better. This is a, a really great potential member. That oh, exactly. Yeah, how about you, Lynn? What's your kind of number one thing that you think? Um, well, you know, just echoing that, I think that the things that I really see to me are signals that they are serious and that they've heard the orientation or taking action are those people who are proactive and setting up one-on-one -on -one meetings with the experts, 
where they have questions. So whether they're setting up a meeting with the finance team or with uh, the design area or even with the developers. So, you know, some people, depending on their professional background, have a lot of questions about how the developer is organizing this. What is his level of risk? What is his past experience? So I really, I, to me, that's a signal that they're really serious about it. And thankfully, our experts are also equally serious about engaging with them. And, yeah. you know, I really, I think that is, that's really good because it, it, it exposes them to other people on the team, as well as giving them a chance to dig deeper. Because, you know, when the, after they finished with us and the orientation, it's been like they've been drinking from a fire hydrant and they barely remember anything. So it is a lot of information, isn't it? And the yeah. one thing I notice is um, people who have been oriented to our important documents in the orientation, we show them where the budget is and yeah. where the LLC documents are where our decision log is, you know, where you can independently go and look up things that are interesting to you, or you can just poke around and see what you see. And some of our more active explorers take that on and really go look and see what were the decisions that were made around this thing. And, and then better questions, you know, they're better informed, yeah. they have better questions, they're more, um, more quickly integrated into our meetings because exactly. they're- Exactly. So I yeah, know- they, they know the team structure, they know some of, the, in fact, I would even go even further, Kelly, is that I've noticed because, you know, I'm the one that prompts them to get access to the important documents. So once you pay your $150 into Co-Housing Houston, the first thing I do is I open up access to the member area on the website. That protected area contains the important documents that we're going to review in the orientation session. And what I've noticed is that really serious explorers, even before we get to the orientation session, and it might be only 24, 48 hours later, they've already been in there, gotten their user ID, and they've been reading through the documents. So when I'm showing them this and that and the other, they're going, oh yeah, I already saw that, I already saw that. Yeah, I already saw that. They're like, okay, move on, move on. I've already seen this. So to me, that just, you know, that just gives you a sense that they're serious and yeah. they, they're, and they're curious. So you feel really good about the questions that they ask and then, you know, their level of commitment because these are people that are really wanting to join this project or it really investigating it in a very serious way. Yes. Yeah. I noticed too, not only the people who engage with our internal meetings and our internal stuff, but also I hear from them that they have talked to their friends family members or right we've had people say like oh my best friend thinks that this is perfect for me or and yeah. that demonstrates that they're kind of road testing this in their broader life too sometimes sometimes literally with their lawyers or their financial planners to make sure that that it's the right move for them but I think also just you know checking in with how it fits in with your existing life because co-housing isn't everything it's you know ultimately it's a part of your life Mm -hmm. But it needs to work with the rest of your life, too, because, you know, we want neighbors who come as fully formed humans who have, <laughs> have all yeah. these, you know, yeah. these connections and everything else. So it's well, and so speaking of that, you know, that kind of leads me to think about the people who really bring a lot to the party, you know, and we've had people who bring so much to the party that even when they decide that co-housing is not for them. They are still huge supporters of co-housing. Like we recently had a Cinco de Mayo party in the neighborhood on the project um, site. 
And a former explorer who lives in the neighborhood offered to bring all of these Mexican uh, fruit drinks over. And so they were contributing to the event as if they were on the, had become members. And I just really admire that. And I really appreciate the kind of relationships that we're able to build with people during this explorer period. Same. Well, and Lynn, let me just point out too that one of the nice things about community dinners is not only are you there with your neighbors, but there are usually there's usually this kind of broader set of people who the community knows. Yeah. And I view a lot of these explorers as people who will be able to come to community dinners and really enrich our lives and, you know, bring bring news from other places and other other things that will be a really yeah. lovely contribution to our group, even if they don't wind up living um, on on site. You know. So speaking of contributions, one of the things that uh, you and I have talked about before is how, you know, it's really fantastic. We all feel elevated when explorers come to the group and they actually bring something new. They're not just showing up and linking arms with us and just being like us, you know, looking like little clones of what we've already established, but they expand us, they make us better. Um, and we've had several examples of that. And I want to tell you about one that happened to me last week because I haven't even had a chance to share I know, I'm dying to hear this. <laughs> Please share. So, so anyway, you know, my elevator speech about co-housing is that I am sick and tired of neighborliness in Houston only occurring when we have a disaster. Mm -hmm. And so I was meeting and doing an orientation for our most recent explorer last week. And he said, oh, yes, he said, and I have to tell you that I almost look forward to these disasters. And I went, oh, you too? I've just never <laughs> spoken that out loud. Of course, my kids always said that when they were in school because they knew they would get a day off school. <laughs> but I would always try and counsel them that, no, this is not going to be good and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? It's so true. So I told him I'm stealing that. And I'm expanding my elevator speech now because the, secretly when Space City is like, this one might hit us. Lynn's like, barbecue time. Yeah, it's like neighborhood time. Whoop de doo. Yeah. So anyway, so it, that's just a cute example of how, you know, people show up on our doorstep and then they make us better. And yes. I just love that, relish that. So. Yeah. And I've noticed whole new dimensions of our discussion. We have one uh, person who has joined our conversations as an explorer and really, really shaped our conversations in a way he's very active in social justice areas. That not other that other people are not necessarily involved in, and mm -hmm. so his voice really shapes the way that conversations go, and it's been really wonderful to see that happen. And I think we're all really grateful that he's able to to bring that dimension. Well, to he's our so articulate. Yeah, he is. Yes. I mean, some of us might feel internally what he is feeling, but get like agitated and angry, and he is just so articulate that it just melts, you know, away any kind of resistance and people find themselves listening. Yes. It's, it's a real delight. Yes. Yes, definitely. So let me ask you, are you ever really surprised about, so 